The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey, Rockheads, wake up and smell the garbanzos. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number 538 with guest Lino Tadros, recorded live Tuesday, March 23rd, 2010. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. And now offering SharePoint 2007 video training with Sahil Malik on DVD, DNR TV style. Order your copy now at www.franklins.net. Support is also provided by Telerik, combining the best in Windows forms and ASP.NET controls with first-class customer service. Online at www.telerik.com. And by Grape City Data Dynamics. Makers of ActiveReports.net, simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET Web applications. Online at www.datadynamics.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who keeps going back to the Egyptian restaurant even though they make him feel awful. Carl Franklin. Hey now, this is Carl and Richard, and we're here. Yes, sir. Are you here? I am here. Are you here? Oh, I'm so here. Okay. Uh, we're back. Down here. Rocks, you know. Yeah. Again. It must be Thursday. Must be. And it's going to be a fun show. For sure. Not a lot of nutritional content, but some. Yeah. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be nutritional in other ways. It'll be like uh, a box of Cracker Jack. There you go. Sometimes you need the candy corn. All right, let's get into uh, Better Know a Framework. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, what do you got? I can't remember if I talked about this or not, but huh. uh, System Diagnostics Contracts, new in Ooh. .NET 4, code contracts. These code are, contracts. Yeah, this is a way to specify preconditions, postconditions, and object invariants in your code. Okay. Sort of like a, you know, a contract or an interface, but to the nth. Preconditions are requirements that must be met when entering a method or property. Postconditions describe expectations at the time the method or property code exists. Object invariants describe the expected state for a class that is in a good state. And all so right. there's all sorts of helper functions for doing contracts, and you'll find those in system diagnostics contracts. This is also another layer of enforcement. It's sort of the next generation of a concept like code access security. Yeah, absolutely. And you can sort of control behaviors of what, uh, say, an add-in would have for your app. Right. It's very cool. It is cool. Yeah. But it certainly isn't 
the prison hell that is code access security. Oh, yeah. No. Hell yeah. is the great description for it. And an yeah. entirely too serious a topic for a Thursday show. Absolutely. So there you go. Take a look at it. There's some good documentation and description in the uh, in the online documentation. And I'm thinking in the near future we're going to have to do a co- uh, Code Contracts show. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, man. Who's talking to us? I got a quick one for you. Hi, Richard and Carl. I live in the UK and have always been a big fan of the show. .NET Rocks is my window to the latest and greatest happenings in the world of .NET. I wanted to especially commend you on show 529 with Oren Eni. As a longtime admirer of Oren, or Allende as he is sometimes known, I love the show and it's always great to have a little peek at the man behind the code machine. He is a code machine. He is a code machine. No two ways about it. Code machine with an accent. If I may suggest, one easy way to improve the show would be to have more episodes per week. Huh. I listen to the show during my work commute, and while there are five work days a week, there are only two episodes of .NET Rocks. There is a discrepancy there that can be fixed. Regards, Elias Shayek. What do you what think? You- what do you think about that, Richard? More shows? Ah, uh, more shows. That's how we got to doing two shows a week. Was folks asking for more? Although there's always a fo- group of people out there are saying we're doing too many too. I don't know which. I way to go. I don't know, man. I don't hear those emails. I hear <laughs> it's true. All I hear is people saying they want more. What do you think, listener? Do you want more .NET rocks every week? Send us an email. .NET rocks at franklins.net. Let us know what's on your mind. Yeah, we'll do more. We could do more shows. We could do different topics. You make the suggestion, and we will consider it. See if we can incorporate it. And for Ilias, thanks for your great email, sir. I am sending you a mug. And that's it. No, now we're gonna do the plugs. All right, the plugs. So, uh, Richard. Yes, sir. You gonna be at the launch in Vegas? I'm gonna be at the launch. Are you gonna be at the launch? Uh, I'm gonna be at the launch. I'm bringing my band to the launch. You're maybe. bringing your band to the launch. You're gonna be playing at a couple of big parties. Well, just one anyway. At least one. I've heard rumor there may be more. Yeah. So we're gonna be at the Bellagio, Las Vegas, April twelfth for the Visual Studio Dev Connections launch. Right. And after we're done that, because we just don't have enough to do in our lives, <laughs> it's RV time, baby. We're driving an RV across the country again. We're going across America. But this again. time we're going west to east. So right. we're going to start in California, in San Jose, and we're going to end in Atlanta, Georgia. And all the details about the road trip are at donnetrocks.com slash trip. And, of course, somebody gets to ride along with us to the next venue. By the way, what we're doing is actually delivering talks at 15 different cities That's right. in 30 days. And uh, talks are going to be quite awesome. Yeah. Besides, we're going to do some talking. We're bringing in a rock star at every venue. Somebody different each time. And it's a surprise. You'll never know who we're going to have. Right. And we're going to interview them right at the top of the show with the audience participating, and that will be published each day as a .NET Rocks episode. Right. So if you're crazy, you'll show up at each of the shows to see who we interview next and participate in the conversation. Or at least the one closest to you. And you yeah. could win uh, a trip with us in the RV to the next venue. That's right. Right along with Carl and Richard, we'll get one lucky winner from that show to come with us to the next show. So now i got to tell you, you'll have a good time, I guarantee it. We're yeah. a fun bunch of people. But the reality of a road trip is it's going to be a lot of driving, a lot of messing with internet, and uh, and then you're going to find out we do the same show every night. And if you're a guy developer and you're riding in the car with your wife right now, go ahead and turn it down. Go ahead. Go ahead. Turn it down. <laughs> Keep going. All right. You ready? Ready. Now listen up. 
We'll get you drunk. Ah, no, All yeah, right, come on. Now you can turn it, it back up. You can turn it back up. That's yeah, okay. They can't <laughs> hear you. Like, you can't tell them that. <laughs> Man, we will get you home afterwards. Maybe Absolutely. on a plane, maybe on a train. We'll find a way to get you home afterwards. So right. it'll be good fun. So the sign up for the road trip for uh, Ride Along with Carl and Richard is actually at the .NET Rock site under road trip. There you go. All right. Our guest today is none other than Elaine Lino Tadros. Chairman and CEO of Falafel Software, a Silicon Valley-based company with presence in Colorado and Texas, dedicated to providing world-class consulting, training, and software development for small, medium, and enterprise-level businesses. Prior to founding Falafel, Lino was a member of the development team at Borland for Delphi and C++ Builder. Mr. Tadros has been awarded the Microsoft MVP status six years in a row, 2005, 2006, 7, 8, 9, and 10 for his numerous contributions to the C-Sharp community and is an expert in .NET, Link, ASP.NET, COM, and web services. Lino is an industry-renowned speaker and has given numerous presentations on five different continents since 1994. He also currently sits on the board of directors of four Silicon Valley corporations. Welcome for the very first time, hopefully not the last, Mr. Lino Tadros. Welcome to the show, Lino. Hi, guys. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, we've been talking about doing this for a couple of years since we were listening to your great stories in Bulgaria, I think it was. Uh, you are you are like the man. <laughs> you, you've been around for a while, and you, you know some great, great stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun, these stories. Yeah. So first of all, just tell us about Falafel Software. I mean, not a lot of people know this, but you're a very, very successful company here. Yeah, actually, we've been very successful. We started in May of 2003, and since then, the company has grown every couple of years, almost double the size, and we're doing pretty well, actually, even in the recession. We've been very blessed. It's, uh, it's the third fastest growing company in the Silicon Valley, privately held company here in the Silicon Valley, so we're very, very blessed. And you've always done .NET? Did you literally go from leaving Borland straight yes. into Falafel and, and building on the Microsoft stack? Yes, the company has been 100% .NET from the beginning, that is correct. So you weren't the first to leave Borland for Microsoft, though? No, no, no I wasn't the first. No, there was a lot of people leaving at uh, uh, maybe around the 97, 98 uh, time period. A lot of people left, actually. Microsoft now have a, an exchange group called Old Borland that when you send an email, it goes to like hundreds of people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like Borland's gone. It's just that they've uh, they totally changed. Actually, the name Borland is gone. Uh, the company has been bought last year, and uh, the company in Europe, I believe. And and the the, the jewel pieces from uh, from Delphi and JBuilder and the database stuff, all the stuff went to a company here in the Bay Area mm. uh, called Embarcadero. Yeah, Embarcadero. Yeah, yes. and we still have a lot of friends there. They're wonderful people. I mean, most of the people that work there and also went to Microsoft have taught me everything I know about software development. So I forever will be grateful. So you and Anders uh, were pretty close back then, and you probably still are, Anders Halsberg. I was a fun boy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you guys like to play squash together, I remember. You tell me that story. Yeah. And and also, probably the most interesting and funniest one was the whole, when he got the call from, you know, from Microsoft. Yeah, that was actually, uh, uh, that was pretty uh, scary. I remember the days that actually Anders was, uh, was going to leave uh, uh 
Borland. We usually, uh, we played squash, uh, in the squash court at, at Borland. And, uh, that usually upsets him very much because I'm much better than he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is a funny story. Actually, I'm not a big guy. I mean, you guys know me. People will probably listen to this. Some of them will not know me. I'm an over 300 pound guy. So, right. and he's a very competitive person. So he doesn't like to lose in anything in life. So. When he knew that I want to play him squash, he looked at me and he was like, no problem. <laughs> well, the only problem that I didn't tell him is that when I was playing um, in Egypt before I moved to the United States, I was actually a pretty good squash player um, in Egypt. And Egypt is the third best country in the world in squash. So after maybe 20 minutes on the court and there is a lot of people outside watching like uh, Danny Thorpe and Chuck Jeff, the old people that work for Microsoft now, they have been on, in tears on the floor cracking up, and I, I heard the worst words in Danish ever. Um, he was very upset that he was uh, in pretty bad shape. And I'm sure he's probably going to listen to this uh, in a couple of weeks, and I'm probably not going to be allowed in uh, Microsoft anymore, but that's cool. Yeah, the, uh, the, the <laughs> he's going to have a chance to rebut. I mean, <laughs> he's coming yeah. on the show. <laughs> Yes, so speak carefully, Alino, because fun, yeah. Uh, yeah, he will get his say. He will. Well, <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened that day? He got a call from Bill? Yeah, I remember that, actually. Uh, Bill Gates actually was talking to him, and uh, um, I won't get into the details of the uh, of the money and all of this stuff that has been known uh, over the industry, but uh, it was very, very awkward. And we had to actually call each other and bring managers in. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Bill Gates is on the phone with uh, with Andrew. So it was pretty scary. And I remember the day actually when we talked to our management team, uh, the board uh, convened that night at Borland, and they actually made him a counter offer the year next day. And it was uh, it was known to everybody that he would actually stay because they were very aggressive on it because they didn't want to lose him. And I remember the next day, Bill Gates called again and. Uh, that was the last time I saw Anderson. <laughs> 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 um, no, it, it, this guy is just an, an amazing human being, and uh, um, probably the, the best programmer I've ever worked with in my life. And I worked with a lot of good ones. I've been very lucky, but uh, it's amazing. Um, whenever I used to find a bug, for instance, in the ActiveX framework for Delphi, and spend days couldn't find out how to fix it, I used to go to him and say, "Boss." We need your expertise in my desk to tell me what the heck is going on. And I remember he used to sit down in my CPU window looking at move AAX to EDX and all these things. And he goes uh, in like 2,000 of these lines in less than five minutes, and he finds it in assembly. And he says, oh, look, you know, uh, it's right there. You see this happening right there? And I'm looking at assembly code, and I'm looking at him, and I'm saying, like, yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling myself, like, man, I really need to go open up like a hot dog stand somewhere or whatever. <laughs> he definitely has that capability of letting people feel like, uh, good, but in the same time, like, this is not the job for me. <laughs> He's that good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anybody that can debug 2,000 lines of assembler in five minutes. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and he used to actually, like, I remember once he came to the office and we were in including the, uh, the, the COM DLL from C++ into Delphi because we didn't want to write the whole thing from, uh, from scratch. And the DLL, we had a name for it. It used to be called Bolero DLL from the C++. And we incorporated it into Delphi and it worked okay, not great. And he looked at it, he didn't like it. And he said, like, you know, 
put the stuff on a disc and he went home to Palo Alto and he came back two days later with a disc and told me, this is the new implementation for Comfort Delphi. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he wrote the implementation of Comfort Delphi in two days so they didn't like wow. the one that he was first. So I'm like, okay, where is that hot dog stand again when you need one? <laughs> <laughs> this portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. We've been blown away by the uptake and the quick adoption of Silverlight. It's no secret, though, that the platform didn't provide for consistent integration with the web analytics services. Well, not anymore. As you might have already heard, Microsoft announced its Silverlight analytics framework, which solves the above-mentioned problem. But what's also interesting is that Telerik already provides support for the framework. Telerik's the first UI components vendor to offer handlers for the Silverlight analytics framework. Using RAD controls for Silverlight, you can immediately benefit from the advantages of the platform and start tracking the statistics of your applications. You can read details and download the handlers at Telerik.com Silverlight. And hey, don't forget to thank Telerik for supporting .NET Rocks on their Facebook fan page, Facebook.com slash Telerik. What was the, uh, I have your, your notes here, you uh, mentioned a stop ship bug of Delphi 3. Oh, that, that was a joke I played on the team. Oh, my goodness. Uh, everybody that I see, this has been over maybe 10 years now, but nobody forgot that. When we shipped Delphi 3 in 1997, 1998, I played a trick on the team. And it was a small team, maybe uh, maybe 15 of us on the team. And uh, I, <laughs> I remember the ActiveX was brand new and testing with VB6, if you remember the control edition. Remember that? Yeah, yep. IE3 yep. at the time, and... All the other containers, and there was something called test container. So you you get it, you get the, the framework working in one, and it doesn't work in the other, and then you fix this one, then it stops working here. It was just really dreadful to get all these interfaces working in all the containers available in the industry at the time. Right. So it was shaky, but it, we got it working. But finally, we we decided to um, to ship the product, and it's all working. So I thought maybe it would be a good idea to write my own ActiveX control to test with and the unactivate event of the control to bring a, an access violation dialog with red X on the left side, making identical, but actually made the address kind of funny. It made um, the read of the address as a K800 whatever and then put a Z at the end. <laughs> and that then doesn't fit into hex. <laughs> yeah, for those for those not technical, there is no Z in hexadecimal. <laughs> <laughs> um just to see if they'd notice. <laughs> yeah, I want to see who's noticed. So I come in at 8 o'clock in the morning. Everybody's trying to find the, the product off, and people are flying for a vacation and ready to go. And I tell them I'm, I'm having a major problem that the uh, ActiveX framework is not uh, creating things that work. So one by one, come to my office to see the bug, and they see the dialogue, and they look at it for like a minute. And some of them say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we're going to be here for another day. Some of them come, I'm not going to mention names, and they look at the address and say, like, yeah, it happens to me at the same place, too. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. And and then the joke started getting bigger and bigger. And then somebody made, picked up the phone and called Anders and Chuck and Gary Wizen, our manager at the time, telling them to come in to work because we have a major problem. It's like, ah, oh, this was supposed to be a joke. Now I'm going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember um, Danny Thorpe came to my office, which Danny, when he wakes up at 10 o'clock in the morning, that is extremely early, and bringing him in at 9, that means I'm probably fired. Mm. So he comes and sits down, and there is like maybe 15 people behind him to try to fix this problem. And he looks at the address for like 10 seconds, and then he turns his head to me and he says, Lino, 
you are a sick puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and he leaves the room, takes his keys, and goes back home to sleep. <laughs> and everybody in the room has no idea. What's he hasn't going explained on. it at all. He just left. That's awesome. He just left. He says he's a sick puppy and left. <laughs> and Chuck, Chuck Jesky also is one of the architects of Cider at Microsoft. He looked at the, the address as well. He looks at me and says, like, you are definitely a sick puppy. And he leaves the room. Uh, a lot of people, I have to say, did not figure it out until somebody told them what was going on. <laughs> Something they did not want to know uh, that this was happening. But it was funny at the time. Uh, I started packing my stuff, waiting for it. <laughs> but they let it go because it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, as long as the boss figures it out first, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you work with... Uh, Back in the Delphi days, didn't Mark Miller, he never worked for Borland, but he was one of like the original Delphi kind of evangelist types, right? Absolutely, yes. He used to write code rush for Delphi for a lot of years. We've been friends for over a decade now. Mm-hmm. And you guys know that we meet him in uh, all these conferences uh, worldwide from Europe to Australia to the United States, all over the place for the last maybe 15 years. And he, he was a very, very close guy to the Delphi team and, uh, um, what we consider to be a genius and actually in what he does. So it was, uh, it was definitely, and he's a crazy dude too, so it's fun to be around. I would add mad to the beginning of genius. He's a mad <laughs> genius. Yes, that, that, that is true. Yeah. And now he lives in my town. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm very sure it's time to move. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I first met you, Lino, it was the ninth, late 90s, and you were still a Delphi guy, and, and Miller yeah. was a Delphi guy. It was that Dutch conference. It was SDC, which I think back then was called SDGN. And uh, who was the other guy? Ray Kanopka. That was Miller's arch nemesis. Yeah, Miller's <laughs> nemesis. Yeah. They were very good friends, actually, for a lot of years. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. I remember these days, remember we, there was the Delphi corner of people and there's the VB corner of people. And I remember we used to go and every year, two people of the Delphi table moved to the Dustnet table. Hmm. And now after all these years, the table is very small. <laughs> so you guys have stolen all the people to go on the Dustnet uh, table now. So. Yeah. Well, I remember, uh, I remember Miller still on the, the Delphi side. We were on the, you know, the Dutch conference always did that bus tour for all the speakers yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and he was yeah, sitting absolutely. in the back of the bus with, uh, with Ray and a bunch of the other, uh, uh, Delphi guys. And they started looking at me and go, you know, Campbell, you're, you're kind of a nice guy. Why don't you, uh, come over to the light? Leave <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> and I said, Hey, look at that nice bridge. <laughs> yeah, I remember these days when when the Delphi people used to look at the DB programmers thing like, "Are you taking something for that?" I mean, I know a friend that used to be the DB, but he's fine now. Um, <laughs> uh, these days, I remember that. Yeah, we had to, yeah, we had to sort of get past that. It's, and, it, and in the end, you know, you never persuaded anybody; you just let them come over eventually. So, <laughs> when, when did you ultimately leave Borland? I left Borland, I believe, in the end of 1998. Yeah. Okay. So what did you do in the intervening years between that and Falafel? What did I do? I actually worked for a consulting company and got bought during the dot-com days for IOUs. (laughs) 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 And after that, I started another consulting company for a couple of years, sold it, and then I started Falafel in May of 2003. And it has been a a real, real fun for me for a long Mm -hmm. long time. You've been very successful. You have a couple of planes and you fly, right? 
Yeah, no, actually, just one. Not one. One plane is more than enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's uh? There's some story about a prop plane and uh, flying to Microsoft with who is it? Steve Teixeira. Oh my goodness! Yes, the problem uh, of with the parallel computing at Microsoft. Steve is a very close friend of mine. He's like a brother for a long time, and he runs the parallel computing team at Microsoft. Actually, uh, Steve used to work as the CTO of Palazzo Software before he went to Microsoft. And I remember we had to go meet the development team on Visual Studio at uh, at Microsoft, and we live in the San Jose area, so we went to the airport way too early, and uh, we we went through the security in like five minutes. And now we have to wait two hours for our flight. So my eyes hit the Alaska airline and says there is another plane leaving in like 15 minutes going to Portland. And then from Portland, we can jump on a plane and go to Seattle. We'll be there like an hour and a half early. I told him, what do you think, Steve? He says, great. So we jumped on this plane. We got into Portland in no time. What we didn't think about is that, you know, Portland is like 20 minutes walking from, <laughs> from Seattle. So, <laughs> yeah. the kind of, so the kind of plane that was waiting for us in Portland Oh, it has this one wheeler in the back, uh, eight-seater <laughs> with propellers. And just for those of you that don't know, uh, Steve Teixeira is like 6'6", six, six, okay? Yeah. Uh, and I'm 6'6", six, six the other way around. <laughs> so, um, and this thing is uh, run by mice and wheels, right? Hamster oh, wheels. Oh, yeah. It was the funniest 20 minutes of our lives. It has been a while, but every time we get together in Seattle or whatever, we always have to remember this because there was an, it was a full flight. And when I mean full flight, there was six other people. <laughs> and, and, and it's embarrassing because when I sit down in my chair and the captain has to come out and say, you need to sit in the middle, that's actually <laughs> very embarrassing. So Steve actually is taking the, 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 the shape of the plane because of his lens, you know, he's taking the shape of the plane and his his head is like tilting to the left to, to fit inside of the plane. And I'm sitting next to him and there is no way both of us can can, can fit in these two seats. We call him the one cheeker. Um, so, but the funny part is that, you know, the, the plane went and the plane went on the runway and it started going almost for like half an hour going, ah, ah, like this. And the plane doesn't want to go up. So I will never forget Steve actually putting his, his hand on my shoulder and pulling me back a little to rest. And as soon as he did this, the plane went up. Uh. And everybody on the plane just completely cracked up. And I mean, he was sitting almost, uh, it was, it was a moment of, I mean, people were crying in the plane out of laughter because everything you say in this plane, people will hear it. And right. in the middle of the plane, I, I tell Steve, like, Steve, I hope these are your keys. And people are just <laughs> on the floor. Um, it was uh, definitely, and I remember the lady coming and saying, like, in case of an emergency, I said, please sit down. What emergency? I'm holding the door with my foot. There is nothing going to happen on the stage. Please sit down. Yeah, this was one of these things that we will never forget. Oh, my God. And uh yeah, we've we've had some escapades in Bulgaria for sure. And uh not not like that though. <laughs> yeah, they, I would I don't think I fly a Bulgarian plane in those kinds of conditions. Do you uh, ever get people calling your your software company and asking for like, you know, hummus sandwiches and tahini and you falafel be, sandwiches? You would be amazed. You would be amazed. A lot of people call the company and they say things sometimes that I have to think about for a second because I remember once they called and said, do you deliver? <laughs> of course, you can say, yes, we deliver. We deliver. We deliver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the funniest one was like two weeks ago, somebody got uh, called the office and talked to me and they were using a product from Telerik called Titanity. 
And this is what he said on the phone. He says, like, hi, we are a fertility company from Chicago, and we need your help really fast. A fertility? So the only thing that came to my mind that, yeah, fertility company. So the first thing that came to my mind, I told him, I'm sorry, I don't do that kind of work anymore, but if you have any software development needs, I'm your man. <laughs> and, and the guy just couldn't talk for three minutes. He was on, he was on the floor. He just never, <laughs> I don't know where this came from, but it was funny at the time. The guy did not talk for three minutes. <laughs> you blindsided that guy. <laughs> yeah, he was not waiting for that. Hey, I just want to give a shout-out real quick to our friends at Data Dynamics who uh, make ActiveReports.net, among other really awesome things. ActiveReports.net is great because uh, it allows you to just build your reports with an easy editor, embed them right in your application, provide PDF and HTML output, give your end users a report editor, royalty-free, of course, a great access report upsizing wizard, and all this for a price that isn't going to break the bank. ActorReports.net from Data Dynamics. Go check it out now at datadynamics.com. I remember one time I was doing tech support at Crescent Software, probably 19, oh, I don't know, 1991, 92, something like that. And uh, this guy called up and he said something like, uh, he had a kind of an Asian accent, so I'll try to do it you know, respectfully, of course, but it sounded something like this. Hi, can I help you? Uh, hello, uh, do you have anything for Visual Basic? And I said, uh, no, you'll have to see a doctor for that. Silence. <laughs> silence, right? Totally silence. And I said, uh, yes, actually, we have a product called Quick Pack. And he said, Quick Pack? That like Michelob Light? I'm like, what? He goes, bah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> You played joke on me. I played joke on you. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> oh, the tech support days were the best days. I, you know, I had tech support QA and R&D, and the tech support days we used to do it for Turbo C++ at Borat, and the first minute was free, and after that it was two ninety nine per minute. And I remember a guy used to call, and he talks to you very, very fast, in like his 58 seconds, and he hangs up, and he calls back. And he doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get his tech support one minute at a time. <laughs> one, three minutes, 15 times. <laughs> oh, man. I remember this guy. I, I Finally, we find out what he wants. And, and I told him, oh, yes, yeah, I know exactly how to fix that. I told him, the way to fix that is too. And I hang up. <laughs> 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 oh, we used to have so much fun back in the day. So even going further before that, in the days of five and a quarter inch floppy disks, we I used to work at Voyetra Software, who um, was sort of the they 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 sort of pioneered the DOS MIDI sequencer market, and uh, Cakewalk came along after them actually, but and they they sort of won out. But Voyetra made DOS based MIDI sequencing software for musicians. Okay, now. DOS plus musician equals lots of tech support. Yeah, death on a cracker. Yeah, especially <laughs> where interrupt conflicts are concerned and, you know, all, all sorts of crazy problems with not having the right kind of machine or whatever. So I remember once I got a question from this guy who said, yeah, I have your Voyetra, which was the name of the company, not the product. He goes, uh, what's this square with a hole in the middle I said, uh, that's your disk, sir. My disk? You mean I got to have a computer to use this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. When you got the box, what did you think it was in it? 
Yeah, I remember in 1990, uh, maybe 1993, I was in D-Base tech support, and I used to be on the install line on my first two weeks on the job, and I was helping a lady actually install D-Base for DOS, if you remember these products, and um, I told her just to put the disk inside of the computer and close the door and then type the following, and she told me, can I hold for a minute, and I said, sure, no problem, and she left and came back. And she said, okay, I closed the door. What do I do next? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is going to take a long time. It's going <laughs> to be a long day. day. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, though, all those tech support things are real. I mean, the kind of questions you get, you know, some of them are immortalized now, like which one is the any key or, you know, the you know the the per- per- person who used the CD tray for a coffee holder. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, yeah, to the point where you wonder they're almost they've turned into urban myth. I actually experienced one where somebody said I put the CD in and it didn't come out, and and then I opened the drive and it wasn't there. And you're like, come on, can you be that dumb? You know, just you put the CD in, nothing happened. You open the drive, it's not there. Come on. Really? really? Yeah, really? <laughs> Turn and and I actually they were local, so I actually went to this person's house. The CD was wedged between the floppy drive and the CD-ROM drive. <laughs> Swear to God, they crammed they it. They crammed the it gap. in there. Nothing happened. They're like, "What the heck is going on?" And then they looked down and they pushed the button, and out came a blank CD tray. And now they were completely perplexed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this fun. <laughs> you know my i've flown a heck of a lot i was just thinking about your flying story and the and the and it's funny how it's only the little planes that really terrify you you know i've, I've hung oh. from my seatbelt in the 747 i've done all those kinds of nutty things but it was a flight in costa rica to a secondary airport a place called liberia not the country but the city in a like <laughs> cessna caravan they could eight seater and I had been warned to never fly after noon in Costa Rica. And I'm like, well, how, how bad could it be? So there I am, I mean, holding on for dear life, seatbelt and all, in this in this little Cessna caravan. And I, and I thought it was odd that a plane that small had two pilots in it. Like, normally with those little local airlines, they only ever fly with one. But it took two of them to fly the plane. It was so violent. And I'm thinking, you know, I've flown half a million plus miles, and I'm going to throw up in a Cessna caravan. Yeah. That's what's going to take me out, is this stupid plane. The funny thing is that between the three of us, with all the flying that we do every year, we have definitely a lot of stories for flying. I mean, you guys know I'm a big guy, so um, sometimes when I fly, I come late to the airport, and if I'm taking something like Southwest or whatever, it's always impressive how religious people are in Southwest because when I come in late to the thing and I'm walking down, everybody is like doing the cross signs. So I don't <laughs> they start genuflecting, <laughs> yeah. And I usually pick the biggest two guys on the plane and I have some assist seats in the middle taken and they go like, you know, they can't breathe. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> the best part about flying going to Australia, for instance, from Los Angeles was like 18-hour flight and you can't upgrade because you were too late or the flight is full or whatever. And right. then you actually now have to sit in the economy for 18 hours. I mean, I, I mean, I do feel bad, but I even feel worse for the person sitting underneath me. And the plane is really... <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> That's just mean. <laughs> you know what? If Carl, Richard, and Lino fly together on economy, probably people will 
take pictures. <laughs> no, I think they'd point to us and say, you guys all sit in the middle. I yeah. think they would. <laughs> hey, Richard, I hope these are your fees, man. Yeah, nice. Usually, the you know, the stewardess greets you at the, or the, I'm sorry, the the attendant. Greets flight you, attendant. A flight attendant greets you at the door with, welcome to Southwest. Have a nice day. Usually, they go, ah, <laughs> you're not getting on this plane. <laughs> Turn around. Oh, no, no. Uh, oh, no. No, this is, I mean, I remember Richard and I talked uh, once after 9-11. I remember when we were in Frankfurt or, or Amsterdam or something right after, like two weeks yeah. after 9-11. And I remember I was worried and my family didn't want me to, to leave because of all the stuff because my American passport says in it I was born in Egypt and they didn't know what's going to happen. And I actually left from San Francisco, no problem. I mean, nothing at all. But I arrived in Frankfurt. Oh, my goodness. Um, Baba was waiting in, <laughs> in the airport over there. And as soon as they looked at my passport, there's a lot of German was said into that microphone. And they took me in the back. And <laughs> I don't remember these days. But we exchanged numbers and we sent cards now because we became very close. After a, while. a little bonding experience there. The guy was smoking a cigarette after he actually talked to me. Uh, <laughs> room, I remember that. That was not fun. Actually, I didn't have to take any physical for two years after that. It was all the same. Anyway. <laughs> I, you know, they they flying into the U.S. right now is a real pain in the butt, right? They're they're searching all the bags and doing and they do extra pat downs and so forth. And uh, I'm, you know, tolerating the process. And the guy, you know, is mumbling one thing or another, and like, hey, dude, don't worry about me. I only have to go through this once today. You get to do this sixty times today. Sucks <laughs> to be you. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, so did you used to play squash with Anders um, often? Yeah, or yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Anders, we used to play squash over there. I even remember going to Microsoft, and they do actually have a squash court in the club that they go to at Microsoft. And apparently, all his team and, and his building they know about the stories because other friends have told them what happened. So I said, uh, "Hey, let's go play here in Redmond next to some squash." And he said, "There is no way <laughs> this is going to happen." So. Um, that day, it was pretty, because we have actually people like Danny and Chuck, Chuck has a very peculiar laugh, and every time I score a point, uh, Chuck was laughing really hard in the back, and Anders gets really upset, <laughs> and I remember these days, and then you hear a lot more Danish going on in front of the court, and then in the squash, actually, it's like volleyball, you have to um, win nine points, and you have to have to serve. So he said, I'm not leaving today until I win a game. Uh, it's almost not going to happen, but, but that's okay. I'll tell you what, I'll give you eight points and the serve. He said, okay, and I beat him 9-8, and he was really upset you know, oh, because it was humiliating. But um, And I was not running at all. He was running all over the place, but um, it's all in the wrist, baby. All yeah. in the wrist. Wrist in the reach. All right. Yeah. And as if you're listening to this, I'm just joking. He's an awesome player, and I would like to keep my uh, C Sharp MVP title, please. <laughs> and, <all right. laughs> what uh, what kind of technology is he excited about these days, Lino? Man, a lot. I'm a, I'm a silver light junkie, and as of last week, I'm a phone seven silver light junkie. <laughs> I yeah. love that kind of stuff. I do a lot of WCF, a lot of silver light. Um, I train also a lot of testing tools. I uh, I have a pretty good relationship with the Telerik team in Bulgaria, so we do a lot of training and consulting on the product as well. But as far as Microsoft, uh, uh, WCF, DS, Silverlight, um, 
uh, all that good stuff. And the phone coming up, I'm very, very excited about that. That phone looks really good. Because I do a lot of work for customers uh, for iPhone with Monotouch C-Sharp, and I also do Android on Java. But with uh, with the Phone 7 stuff, I think this is going to make it much easier for people like me, <laughs> and, uh, and it's going to be very elegant. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, what sort of projects do you find yourselves normally doing? Do you, do, you, do you tend to specialize? Do you do a lot of healthcare work or anything like that? I mean, you're in the Valley, right? Yeah, no, we actually have customers in, in the East Coast and the Wall Street and the medical and the government, and we also have European customers and we have Australian customers. It's all over the place, but and it really varies, to be honest with you. Some people come and say, we have a problem, we'd like somebody to come and take a look at it. That's a very short-term thing. Some other customers say, like, uh, we're running ASP.net, we want to go to server light, we don't have the expertise, can you take it over from there? Right. So it goes from a small thing, and it actually can grow from there, or it can be a big, huge project. I mean, we have two of our customers that have been with us since 2003 full-time. We built wow. a huge ERP system for the food company, and we've done a lot of... Uh, we have seven customers on server light right now going full-blown for server light 4, which is... Um, which is great. We love being on Linux and Graves. The only problem, of course, being on Linux and Graves is that you can't Google that stuff. <laughs> Nobody is doing that stuff. Right. So you have to figure out everything yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what you get for being first. <clears throat> yeah, that's true, but it's a lot of fun. The, the technology at Microsoft, you have to agree with me, in the last maybe 10 years, it's not definitely grandma's Microsoft. There is a lot of good stuff coming out of Microsoft, and yeah. the quality is high, and they definitely did a very, very good job. They have very good talent. We're really excited about the the Windows Phone Seven, but didn't you get that? Yeah. You know that even before the phone, it was the Zune HD, yeah, that gave you chills. Yep. It was the first time I'd held a piece of Microsoft technology in a long time where I'm like, "Holy crap, this is really good." Yeah, it's not only that, but because I know I don't know if you have experience you writing code with the Xcode for Mac, for instance, or for the iPhone and all that stuff. Uh, for those of us that have been using Visual Studio for a long time, this is like going back to like punch cards. You know? right. <laughs> uh, right. It's very, very behind the time. Um, I mean, the Android were on Eclipse and stuff is fine. It's great. Works well. The Java language is a good language and all of that. But it's still not Visual Studio. It's not the productivity of a Visual Studio and the elegance of C Sharp and all that good stuff. But with Mono Touch coming from C Sharp from the Mono team, uh, Miguel did a very good job that it actually works well. I mean, it can take you very far, but Again, it's not with the elegance and the speed and productivity of Visual Studio for Phone 7. I think it's going to be very, very successful. We've been waiting for a successful story for mobile for Microsoft for over 10 years. It's I think true. it's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. What, uh, what kind of, do you, what kind of phone do you have now, Lino? Right now I have an iPhone and I have an Android, uh, uh Droid from Verizon. So these, um, two phones I have to keep with me all the time because <laughs> we have to debug on both of them. Right. But as soon as the Phone 7 comes out, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, me too. I also have an iPhone, and uh, I like it. I don't like the single-threadedness of it. Sometimes, you know, you're going to dial a phone number, and it just sort of locks up, you know. And that's really what it should do, is it should dial pretty much yeah. first and foremost. Well, first of all, I have AT&T with iPhone, so the phone comes as an option on the phone. <laughs> Nice. But what I live here in California, actually, really, you just <laughs> you need to use the data and the Wi-Fi. The phone, actually, you have to pay extra. You have to be on the enterprise plan, I think, to do the phone call. Um, so it's horrible over here. But with the Android, for instance, with Verizon, it's much, much better here in the Bay Area. 
yeah. and it works pretty well. And you have to admit, the iPhone, I mean, what made it so successful is the UI. They always know how to make UI. So yeah. the UI is very elegant. It's a very pretty phone, and it was targeted to the right people, uh, young people for tweets and Facebooks and having fun in games, and it worked very well. And you can still do LOB application on it, but again, that was not the, the, the main focus. And that's what Microsoft finally got. They're not doing the phone for the business guy. They're doing it for the young people with right. the tweets and the Facebook. And I think that is the way to go. That's just how they're going to get it to the masses and it's going to be successful. You know, I don't disagree with you on that regard, but you know, there are, there are no enterprise phones. I guess the closest thing would be a Blackberry and lots of people are frustrated with it as well. I think there's merit to making a phone that serves the business well, as well. I just wonder if this thing can do both. But, but li- listen to this issue, for instance. When my customer has paid already a lot of money to build a, a, an enterprise-level server-light application, right. and I can go to them and say, like, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. With the current code base, I can actually add an extra dimension to the application by making it available on the phone 7, just by giving it demo UI. But the code itself with WCF and also will stay the same exact thing. So that would make it so much easier on the decision to be made to spend extra money to meet to develop for a customer, a client that I have already, to give them presence on the phone seven. So that would make it a huge difference. Well, and this and the screen's not that small on a Win Seven phone either. It's like eight hundred by eight by four eighty. So yeah, as long as you haven't built your screens too big, it shouldn't be that tough to get them to fit. Yeah, I mean, you can see, I mean, I'm, I don't believe that the phone that works on the desktop should be the same, uh, the, I mean, the application on the desktop should be the same application. You don't need, for instance, a grid on the phone. Nobody's going to actually keep looking at the uh, cells and yeah. you, you need to pick really your battles and create a different UI in XAML for several life for the phone that makes it like a dashboard kind of thing, makes it really meaningful on the phone. You don't want the same application with all its features running. Who's going to do grouping in a, in a, Drag a group, for instance, and a grid or filter. Nobody's going to do that. You have to really pick and choose what you want to have on the phone to make it productive. Now the question is, will they make a mutantly large version of the WinPhone 7 series? You know, an iPad of WinPhone. Yes, uh, Microsoft said they were working on the MaxiPad. Uh, so, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that one before, Leo. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it never fails to make me laugh, though. Yeah, oh, I don't believe. <laughs> yeah, I had to go out to CBS to buy my wife a box of iPads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are you still doing much speaking, Lino? Where are we going to see you this year? I'm probably going to go to Bulgaria again for Dev Reach for the Microsoft Conference there. I hope to, uh, to, I always enjoy it. I've been there for the last four years. And it's always a lot of fun. And we get to meet the three of us there. I get to hear Carl singing. And yeah. I need to spend some time with you, Richard, as well. Hopefully, you guys can bring your families as well so we can have some good time in Bulgaria this year. And we'll see how the Rakia can be uh, drank to the correct way this time. Yeah, Rakia. Yeah, watch out for Rakia, evil stuff. Uh, what about uh, De- TechEd? Yeah, I'll be there with the conference in New Orleans, actually, this year. I've never been to New Orleans, believe it or not, which is a weird. I would love to go mm. and finally... We're going to go this year, and we have a booth, actually, for the company uh, in TechEd. So my team says, like, yes, we will all go, and if we have time, we might even go to the conference. <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans is a dangerous place. It is a dangerous place, no question. I don't mean crime. I mean... No, no, I know you. I know you for a musician that likes to bourbon. Yeah. And I, I think I'm going to have to do like I did with Stephen Forte in Amsterdam. I'm going to have to look for you in the middle of the street in the middle of the night over there. The best music, the best food, and lots of booze. 
Just not a good combination <laughs> for the Carlmeister. <laughs> Beignet, we're coming. Yeah. Look out. Look out, Cafe du Monde. We're standing in line. <laughs> that like fun. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the tech head feel is like, too. Because, I mean, we've been bouncing between Orlando and L.A. the past few years. Yeah. And I remember how much fun tech head in Boston was. Yeah. Just the change in being in a city like that. I'm just thinking New Orleans is going to flavor tech at it. will be different. Yeah, it will be very different. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it will be a lot of fun. Are you guys going to the Dell Connection? Launch. We're going to be at launch. Yeah, you talk about uh, the band. My band is playing at the launch. Oh, that's awesome. At the party. That's very, very cool, Ben. Yeah, I think that's going to be it. And you're going to be at launch too, Bob? No, it's my spring break for the kids. I'm thinking to Hawaii, so I'll be with you in spirit and I'm my time in my hand. You're going to be in Hawaii, but not at, in Las Vegas. That's a shame. But we're coming through your town. We are. We're coming to San Jose on April 19th. Uh, April 19th. Yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here. I'll go. be out from the 10th to the 15th, but I'll be here. I'll definitely wait for you guys. Yeah, we'll be at the road. We'll be doing the road trip there, and uh, I haven't got the the location locked down yet. They figured it out, but I haven't got all the data. But yeah, in San Jose, we'll be doing a, our first show there. Oh, I'm ready. Just let, give me all the info box and we'll be there. You bet. All right, Lino. Thanks a lot, man. It's always good to talk to you. Guys, it was always awesome to spend some time with you. This was fun. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a great week. Awesome. All right, we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers online at www.franklins.net For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com Got a